Welcome to the Inner Stoke Podcast. My name is Shane. This is my podcast. In this episode, I got to sit down with Julianne. We talked about various different subjects. Um, all in all, I had a great conversation with her and a great time. And I really hope you guys enjoy this podcast episode. Thanks for listening. Hello, Julianne. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me here. So tell me about the dolphin you live in. Uh, my dolphin is a part-time home currently, but um, the way things are going, it looks like it's going to become more full-time. Okay. Uh, I bought it in 2018 after a breakup and just an opportunity to give myself a project while I was doing some healing and some work on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so in essence, my RV kind of literally became a safe container for me to just learn a lot about myself and sit with some really difficult emotions that I'd spent a lot of time avoiding. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you about the breakup later for sure. <laughs> but let's no talk, need. Let's really. talk about the build first. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, so it's a 1981 Toyota Dolphin <laughs> and it was in its, in its, all of its beauty of brown shag carpeting and, uh, it had been sitting on somebody's property, I think, for like 15 years. So yeah. there was some water damage. And so I gutted it down to the studs on the walls inside and ripped out um, the walls and most everything in there. The flooring. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, it was not fun for a little while, but I needed it. Yeah. Very cool. And you're from Portland? I am. Very cool. You live there now? I do. I mean, yeah. That's my home base, I would say. Portland's always been my home base. Um, Grew up there? Mm Mm-hmm. What was that like as a child? Very different than it is now. Yeah? Yeah. Portland is... um, I mean, it was a place where, from the time I was 14, I had a you know bus pass and could be coming and going as I pleased, and it was a real safe place. Yeah, not anymore. I'm, it's still safe. There's probably very few places in Portland that I would go yeah. and and not feel safe, you know, at night or something like that. I think Portland's really still a relatively safe place, but it's it's a lot more diverse. The cost of living's a lot higher, and there's a lot of good things that come with that, but yeah. I'm, yeah. Are you, do you live in Bend now, or did you have you spent time here? Um... I just come to Bend every now and then. Yeah. So right now I'm, I work remotely. So I see my clients online. So as long as I'm in the state of Oregon or Washington, I can kind of be wherever and see clients. So Very cool. Mm-hmm. And you're a holistic psychotherapist. I am. Yeah. I've heard of that. I'm just not familiar with that. So you're going to have to tell me about that. Sure. Um, so by education, I'm a licensed clinical social worker. Okay. Um, and then in my all... ex was one of those. Ah, mm, so I'm familiar with. Uh huh. She used to bring her work home. Do you? Um, you know that's funny. It's, everybody asks that. Yeah. You know, there was times for sure when yeah. I did, and it's like I investigated <clears throat> child abuse for about eight years, yeah. and that was definitely a job that you don't. Yeah, she was doing that exact same stuff. Uh... Yeah, and like. But she had a long drive every day. She drove like an over an hour. So it was over an hour there, then over an hour back. Mm. And it was just like 
coming on me with shit. Mm. <laughs> Taking her shit out of me, but I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, I'm no, still... I'll ask you those questions <laughs> later. <laughs> right. yeah, no. Tell me about your job. So I'm also a, a yoga instructor. And oh, cool. So I, my, a lot of my continuing education post uh license in social work has been in mm-hmm. holistic practices I'd say so in learning about nutrition learning oh, about yeah. the body mind connection um and I do a lot of somatic work with clients so in my sessions because my background is in trauma so I see a lot of people who are going through and experiencing trauma so increasing their resiliency by really getting to know their own body their uh-huh. own mind um, cool. I yeah reconnecting I, with themselves absolutely yeah. I work from a belief. Gosh, I should give you my ex's number. <laughs> uh oh, what am I bringing up for you? Do you need to talk about it? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think knowing that all I do is really just be really curious in my sessions. I get the opportunity, and I it's an honor for me to. Um, be curious about people and mm-hmm. help them learn to be curious about themselves. Yeah. And it's in that process that they get to the root of their own truth. Yeah. Have you ever had any like major breakthroughs? I know you can't say their names and everything. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. in terms of seeing people have yeah. big like aha moments. Yeah. And like change their lives around and stuff. Absolutely. Very cool. That's what keeps me in this job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So what types of services do you offer? Um, I do individual counseling um, online and in person. Cool. I also do breathwork sessions. Oh, very cool. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I've mm-hmm. always wanted to do breathwork sessions. Mm. That's what's up. Yeah, they can be really powerful for people who maybe have a harder time articulating their mm-hmm. emotions, but there's still a lot of... An, emotional charge to be released the breath is great for that yeah i do my own but like it's you know nothing i'll do like six seconds and then hold and then like six seconds exhale and just like that type of stuff i don't know any real like what would you call them like um routines mm-hmm. yeah so you have like routines that you do like every day or like stuff like that yeah, and when I do sessions with people, actually, the what I was trained in was it's called shamanic breath work. Oh, cool! I've heard of that. Yeah, so it's more of shaman. It's a co. I have been certified. Yeah, and it's a, um, it is a co journeying process. So it's not something that you usually do on your own. Part of the shamanic breath work practice is actually that you're co-journeying with another person so uh-huh. somebody's kind of holding that safe container for you yeah um while you so you feel cared for seen and uh-huh. yeah That's in that really process cool. mm-hmm. how did you get into shamanic breath work um i was actually led to it on my own healing process so was that when you got the dolphin it would it's a part of the whole long saga it is yeah we're gonna get into that yeah the dolphin led to me sitting with myself for you know 10 hour days taking that thing apart this was recent 2018 yeah i got you had um Mm -hmm. spiritual awakening you call it you could say that yeah yeah yeah, in some ways, for sure. I went to Bali 
and studied shamanic mm-hmm. breathwork and yoga and I went to the Bali Spirit Festival and was introduced to a lot of different healing modalities that made a lot of sense and are also rooted very much too in the mental health um, and somatic work and the direction that I think mental health is heading mm-hmm. in a more holistic way. Sure, not just throwing pills at kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not my style. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, like, I went through... I guess you, oh yeah, spiritual awakening, like April of, I think it was 2018. I kind of lost my shit. And if I went to like a doctor and got diagnosed, they would probably like put some, put like a label on it and throw some medication at me. But I was just going through some shit and I Mm -hmm. needed to figure myself out. And that kind of led me on the path of meditation and like, um, nutrition and like really taking care of my body and stuff but I never got into yoga I've always wanted to get into yoga mm-hmm. and I've never gotten really into breath work and I've always wanted to get in breath work it's like top of my list mm-hmm. I've pulled up to like three different yoga studios and then <laughs> left oh no yeah. that's okay actually that's part of the process because you'll get a little bit closer and at some point you'll yeah. walk through that door and at yeah. some point you'll make it to your mat and... yeah it's not like I'm afraid of how I how I'll look. I don't know what's like holding me back. Mm. I mean, I haven't tried since I came to the West Coast. That was back at home, and there was a lot of triggers for me back at home. Mm. So like, I would go through like scenarios in my head before I'd go in. Like I'd see somebody that I didn't like, <laughs> so like I wouldn't go in like stuff like that. Like have crazy anxiety but we don't have to talk about that (laughs) we can book another time to talk about that (laughs) so um i want to talk about your um breakup and your experience with love and Mm. all that stuff and i want to know your beliefs on marriage and like partnership and all that stuff Mm. yeah so just dive right deep and just start with the light stuff (laughs) um You know, I, you know, in my training and I'd also have to say that like my, probably the, the, let's take it back before the training. Yeah. I was going (laughs) to say the the best training that I've ever had actually is just working through my own experience. So I really do align with the idea of the wounded healer in terms Mm -hmm. of like learning to sit with my own stuff and that darkness and the anxiety and the depression and the self doubt and all that is really what gave me the tools to sit with other people in their darkness and Uh help lead them out. Um, So my own background um, has played out a lot in relationships in terms of the family system that I grew up in and who I attract and partners. And I do believe that... Who is that? Um... Who is it that I attract? Usually? Narcissists. Do we have like labels for them? No, I tend to. Are you the empath? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm an empath. But more than that, what I did was I I grew up in a household where I um, kept myself safe by being quiet and unseen and by oh. managing the feelings of everybody else in the room. So when you grow up with a parent who has a temper or is angry or if you've witnessed abuse. Um, you get really good at recognizing when there's a lack of safety in the room 
Yeah. And it was actually that same skill set of what I learned as a kid that helped me be really good in my job as a social worker because I investigated child abuse for years and I could walk into a room and... Know right away. Feel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my nervous system had been pretty well-trained at that point in my life. Yeah. Um, but it also then becomes a dynamic that I'm accustomed to navigating. So that's a comfortable navigating that relationship tended to be something that I brought in. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay, I'll just care for you. But I think it also was a tool for avoiding my own stuff that I needed to work on, too. Mm-hmm. Like, what kind of things? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you really you're looking to expose me. Um, I think that... Uh, Part of my own, like managing my own anxiety about worthiness and a fear of being lovable um, is a constant, um, my, own, my own constant treatment plan, I guess, of myself, right? Um, where I'm constantly being aware of it and trying to work through those things. Mm-hmm. Always being lovable. What do you mean by that? Mm. The fear that being myself isn't good enough. So I recognize in my past that I do a lot of things to care for other people. Uh Or try to, in better words, like, if I can anticipate your needs and meet those, then I am, like, in some ways keeping myself safe, if that makes sense. It's like if... with the understanding of the family that I grew up in. Um, Yeah, like being vulnerable or imperfect was, I I got a lot of flack for that as a kid, like pushed to be better, always criticized. Mm -hmm. Things that I was doing wrong were what I got attention for. So fitting in and being like everybody else in a lot of ways was safe. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, it's not just my family system. I think that a lot of people grow up in our culture that way, where there's a fear of standing out or a fear of living in your truth or in alignment with yourself. Yeah, of course. Um, so vulnerability is really scary. Yeah. I had a parent that was very emotionally unavailable. Um, so being feeling safe to be seen in a vulnerable way wasn't something that I consistently received. I hear you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have um, a friend that I was thinking about the other day and how he's he's doing okay, but, like, he doesn't make a lot of money and he just kind of, like, goes from job to job and just, like, moseys around and doesn't really care about too much. And his father is very hard on him and, like, was an asshole actually and I just thought to myself like I don't know why I was thinking about it but I was like his dad is probably happy that he's not like successful Mm. you know Mm. and like I don't have experience with that growing up but yeah it's interesting the ways in which some things become a self-fulfilling prophecy right like the thing we fear so much of becoming is the thing sometimes we become Mm mm-hmm or, and vice versa, like, in the situation that you're talking about, it sounds like 
the father's fear of his son becoming more successful than him. Yeah. Might invalidate his own worth as a father. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, his father is probably the same. Gonna break the chain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard. And it's not even just like a parent thing. It's, you know, there's generational things. I mean, if I look back to the, so the parents of my generation, a lot of them were like, you know, coming of age during like Vietnam and going to war and returning and their, their fathers were in the world war and coming back and a lot of PTSD that was never talked about and diagnosed. And that's the generational trauma that kind of gets passed down that we have to look at as well. What was happening at the time. You ever think about like when that generation will all be gone, what it'll be like? Uh, well, but there'll be another thing, right? Like, think yeah. about it right now. The generation yeah. of kids that are growing up during, like, COVID. Yeah. Like, this is a changing thing. Like, it's it's a marker. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, even being around young kids nowadays, like, seeing them on their cell phones, like, they're know-it-alls. They can just Google anything. It's a completely different generation nowadays. Like, I just think... Like, there's always going to be racism and stuff like that, but, like, that whole generation, like, of baby boomers and all them that have mm-hmm. dealt with all that shit and, like, our generation is, like, becoming aware of everything and, like, really saying, like, hey, we shouldn't do that anymore and, like, they, they've just been, like, accustomed to these things that were passed down to them over generation over generation. And I'm just honestly really curious to see how the world works without that generation. Not that I want to like genocide that generation, <laughs> like take them yeah. out, but you know, eventually one day they'll all be gone. Yeah. And more what I hear you saying is that like, there is absolutely different issues that are more present for every generation. And uh, however, I mean, if that we are still inheriting that structure. So like the internal racism and the, of uh, you know, that that structure still exists even though we're asking the questions which i think is good yeah i don't so much mean racism but like like even like fuel or like electricity like Mm. if our generation had the choice to change everything right now and make everything solar and windmills we would Mm. for sure Mm -hmm. it would create jobs and all that stuff but you got all these old heads who are just collecting their money and they just want everything to go the way it's going. Mm-hmm. Ukes. Come on, dude. Come on, dude. Just get in here. Chill out. <laughs> yeah. Um, is it still going or do you pause? Oh, it's still going. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ukes, yeah, Ukes, Ukes interrupted. Is, yeah. Um, and then we got to get back on the subject of love, too. <laughs> Yes, I, it's, it's very, very true in terms of like, yeah, but you know, who's in power and the, the folks of us that are asking the right questions and would potentially do something different if we are so turned off by the people that are in those positions that we don't want to participate, we're also losing out from the impact. So we also have to be a part of, we have to kind of join them, right? Yeah. A little bit to create the change we want. Yeah, that kind of reminds me of, like, the whole um, vegan movement 
and how farmers are actually committing suicide nowadays. It's like a, there's like a really high rate of farmers committing suicide because like dairy farmers, their farms are going out of business. Mm. Um, and not everybody wants to make the shift into like oat milk and almond milk and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's some sides of the, I guess you'd call them the vegan party or plant-based party or whatever, that are trying to help the farmers make the shift. Mm-hmm. But then there's the other ones that are standing in front of, with the, you know, the, the signs and, like, in front of the slaughterhouses and all that, mm-hmm. like, trying to, like, shut them down. Mm-hmm. I just forgot where I was going with that. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hear you. You were going with, like, do we join them and help them make this change or do we shame them and shun them and wait till they pass away, right? Yeah. And then pick up something different. Um, yeah, and I think it might be a little of both. Mm-hmm. But I think you're right that we're all, hopefully, we're evolving, not, as, not necessarily just as individuals, but we're evolving as a community. And But we need everybody everybody's voice to participate mm-hmm. to shift how do we do that that's the million dollar question right isn't that what you're gonna figure out talking to everybody yeah i mean that's what i'm trying mm-hmm. with the podcast to connect everyone <laughs> <laughs> that's the goal um let's get back on that subject of love mm. yeah what about it um, when was the first time you were in love? Um, <laughs> the heartbreak. Oh, and you have to tell me what your beliefs in marriage are. Oh, okay. Um, you know, I think that in my journey of navigating love and relationships, um, I think what I've really in general realized is, I mean, it might be a little cliche, but it's true is that the most important relationship you'll ever have is with yourself. Mm -hmm. And our, our ability to love somebody else is really limited by our capacity to love ourselves. And so I'd say that the first time I ever was in love was I definitely was in like a long, like a six year, five or six years total relationship where I really felt seen and loved and enjoyed and all that stuff. With the same person? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And then since then, um, I was really been on a journey of finding myself. And I think since then, being in love truly again was in this last year of building a relationship with myself that's what dolphins all about that's what the dolphins all about would you like go out to the desert for a while um the desert was in my journey (laughs) um no honestly i i sat that thing at my dad's property for about three months and took it apart cried a lot (laughs) listened Mm -hmm. to a lot of books and podcasts Mm -hmm. and just sat with myself and all of it wanted to deconstructed it and reconstructed it and myself at the same time i had a similar experience in my dad's driveway oh yeah yeah 
Not that much crying. There was some crying involved. It's okay to cry. Yeah, I like crying. Mm-hmm. This is very therapeutic. <laughs> so your beliefs in marriage. Beliefs. I think that it's great. I mean, if, if you know, I, I really truly believe that um, people should do what makes them happy. And mm-hmm. if marriage is part of your path and that speaks to you and that truly brings you joy, do it. Mm-hmm. But if you're getting married because that is the recipe that you received as a child that yeah. said do this and then you'll be happy first comes love then comes yeah. marriage then comes... i mean it was like programmed in people absolutely yeah i love i love asking people about this because like you like i'm sure you know tons of people but like out here on the west coast i'm meeting so many people that are like they have partners, but they have like multiple partners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I <laughs> and it's like they're like cool about it, you know. And like where I'm from, it's like if you have multiple partners, you're keeping that shit secret. <laughs> mm. Yeah, welcome to the West Coast. <laughs> yeah, it's a little love different out here. Freely, yeah, free love. Point. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I do I do couples counseling with folks. Oh yeah, I do. <laughs> Um, and it's, and it is interesting holding space for two people to encourage them to speak their truth, to encourage them to step out and to say the things that they don't say because they're concerned about how someone else will feel. Um, there's, there is power in that. Mm -hmm. Because again, if your partnership is reflected on being the person you think the other person needs you to be in order to feel loved. Mm. That is a recipe for disaster. Oh, yeah. But showing up as yourself and being loved in all your imperfections and exactly who you are, mm-hmm. that's unconditional love. Unconditional love. Mm. I don't think I've ever experienced that. Mm. Yeah, it's it's different than the movie star, like, you know, media love where everything's perfect all the time. Unconditional love is I see your imperfections and I will show you mine and mm-hmm. we will together be responsible for both of ours. Right? It's like, and I love you because of these things. Yeah. Well, never experienced that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I guess the question, and not to go off on that, but your resistance to that, my question would be, do you believe that you unconditionally love yourself? I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, something I'm still working on mm-hmm. um, every day. But, yeah, I'm starting to love myself more and more every day, yeah. for sure. This is turning into a counseling session. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> it's kind of programmed, didn't it? You opened it up. That's funny. Yeah. So. That's right. I'm in the the line of fire in terms of the questions. You can can continue to ask me. You went through a massive breakup. You got dolphin. You spent some time in the desert. You became a yoga instructor. Um, You got into nutrition. You got into the body. You got into the mind. You do individual counseling, breath work. You do shamanic breath work. Mm -hmm. You went to Bali for your yoga or breath work? Both. Both? Yeah. I completed a program there for both. So are those all your practices that you do? Or do you have, like, some more up your sleeve? (laughs) Um... (laughs) 
No, currently that's that's everything that I do. Yeah, I I I love helping people find what calls to them in terms of healing. And uh-huh. so I think for me, more about learning all of those things is about learning like the language and learning the tools involved. But when there's somebody that's sitting across from me, I ask them like, what do you think is going to be helpful? What is the direction that you feel called to? And helping them tap into their inner wisdom. Uh-huh. And that can go in a lot of different places. And so having a diverse background and skill set just helps me guide and be curious. Yeah, yeah. So what keeps you stoked? What keeps me stoked? Yeah. I love that. Um, it's funny because you you told me that when you when you we were talking briefly about your podcast and what I often say to people and the question that I ask all the time is what lights you up? And I think mm. of it as a very similar thing and maybe not but yeah um what keeps me excited I guess just in life is I love adventure Mm -hmm. I love newness I love change I love seeing what's coming and I think that I used to really manage my own anxiety and fears by trying to be in control of what was coming I was Mm -hmm. always a good student I always like did all the things and um once I learned that failure actually wasn't going to kill me, right? once I sat with all that darkness and was like, oh, going for something that I want to do and being authentic and having my own voice. And if I make a mistake or if I fail mm-hmm. or if something doesn't work, I'll actually be okay. Um, and so it's, it's opened up a lot more freedom for me. Because I know that I'll be okay no matter what I've got going on. And mm-hmm. so just that spectrum of adventure and new things that I get to experience in life um, just increases. Okay. So what keeps me stoked is continuing to be curious about my own process, about my own learning, um, meeting new people, and hearing the way that their world works and their mind works. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It just gets me, I don't know. That that excites me. I got you. Mm -hmm. So how do people get a hold of you? Um, how do people get, um, I'm IG, Facebook, YouTube. Sure. So my, my, um, Instagram handle is called navigating North. Which is all about kind of navigating your own true north. Mm-hmm. Um, navigating north. Navigating north, yeah. So I actually talk a lot pretty candidly in there about my own emotional experience of navigating. Um, do you do stories or captions or posts, Yeah, all, all of that. Yeah. And my, you know, something that I really try to practice is being vulnerable and being authentic in my posts because I think that that vulnerability is um, necessary for growth. Absolutely. Yeah, if I can kind of demystify that for other people, then, I don't know, maybe I'll have an impact on them. No, I feel the same way. I like like to be an open book. Mm Mm-hmm be real with people yeah it gives other people permission to do the same yeah. actually i mean i'm sure it'll come soon but 
I actually don't get that much negativity, mm-hmm. which is cool. And I mean, I'm sure now I'm going to have to knock on wood, <laughs> but I think that's part of, you know, me being real and authentic in my posts and captions and stuff. Cause everything I talk about is the truth. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to know that that might trigger something in somebody else because, mm-hmm. but it's in my opinion, that's fear-based behavior because they don't yeah. feel free to do the same. Yeah. I love getting those messages when people are like, you know, Oh my God, the same thing happened to me. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, I can't respond to all of them, but mm-hmm. it's really cool to get them. And it feels good. Yeah. It makes it all worth it. Yeah, I had so many women actually reach out to me when I was doing um, my Instagram and going through my builds and being with Mm. myself and just like doing the traveling and the reaching out and just like the discussions of things that I was exposing and talking about. I had a lot of women reach out and and share how inspiring it was to hear somebody be vulnerable about those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. People want the space to be seen and heard. I think we just have to encourage each other to step into that. I like that. Mm-hmm. So you got to answer the final four, just podcast, book, movie, and influencer. Mm. I think, you know, two of the influencers that come to mind to me are, and one of them is one of, is the author that I, actually they're both authors of books that I cherish. And um, so Brene Brown and Elizabeth Gilbert, and um, Brene Brown is a, a social worker as well, and she talks so much about the impact of shame um, and how shame keeps trauma trapped and the power of vulnerability in accepting and building compassion for ourselves to, to move through difficult times. Mm-hmm. Um, And then Elizabeth Gilbert just has the sweetest voice. I love listening to her books because she reads them aloud. And her podcast is also really great. And she actually, one of my favorites is when Elizabeth Gilbert interviews Brene Brown. Just like (laughs) (laughs) the trifecta. Yeah. (laughs) Favorite Um, book or movie? Book, you know, God, I have a lot of books. I Even though I haven't read in a really long time... The physically book, I, I'm moving and active all the time. And so if I, my body sits down for more than 15 minutes to read, I fall asleep. Yeah. Like I can get through three pages, but I binge audiobooks. Um, and so one of the books that really was helpful for me when I was going through a hard time was, is called Resilient. Resilient. Yeah. And then there was another book, um, Rising Strong by Brene Brown. Rising Strong. Yeah. And it is about creating that unconditional love for yourself to be authentic and right. Um, and talking about the power of vulnerability. And she shares she's a Brene Brown's a storyteller, which is why I love listening to her yeah. too. And she shares a lot about her own upbringing. So, movie or podcast? Mm. <clears throat> okay, so movie. I love Inception. I don't know, that's just like the, one of the first movies that came to mind. It's with Leo, right? Yes. Yeah. I've Ooh. seen parts of it. I haven't really seen the entire thing. I really wasn't that interested in it. 
Really? It's such a psychological <clears throat> thing that... I don't know, yeah, I liked it, but... Um, it, it was interesting, but uh, yeah, I just wasn't into that whole thing. Like, I wasn't really into The Matrix either. It's just yeah. like, ah, oh, <laughs> cool. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, but, yet, but yet I'm like a huge Star Wars fan. Mm, yeah. Different generation, I guess. Um, I was born in 89. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm, the Star Wars makes sense. <laughs> um, God, I'm trying to think. I just, you know, honestly, I'm not a huge TV or movie watcher. I just don't sit enough. But It's all right. Um, what was the other one? Podcast? Yeah, podcast. Um... Daring greatly. Daring greatly. I think no, no, wait. That's that's the name of a that's I think another Bernie Brown book. What is my favorite podcast? Invisibilia is one of my favorites. Invisibilia. Invisibilia, and it talks about the unseen influences in our human experience. Okay. So they do a great job of kind of talking about. Um, yeah, just things that you would never see that are like influences in our culture and life. And it's anthropology and sociology and kind of all of those things like mixed together to really explore the kind of depths of the human experience. Gotcha. I really like, yeah. Invisibilia. Invisibilia. So check that out. Mm-hmm. And do you have any shout outs for anybody? I love doing shout outs. Oh, um, um, I'll give Dave a shout out for <laughs> Dave Pibbs. Dave Pibbs. At Pibbs. Yeah. <laughs> for the multiple 24 hour <laughs> days of work that he's been putting into my RV to give it a facelift. Yeah. He's a great guy, that Dave. That That's Dave at Pibbs, cool. Dave. Check him out. <laughs> A master craftsman and just a giving guy. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah. Thanks for asking me the the easiest questions. (laughs) The most basic questions ever. Yeah. Yeah. Once I get better at this, I'll step it up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, you never know. Yeah, I had no idea what, you know, asking me and... But there's, it's interesting because I noticed this initial hesitation when you ask me some of those questions where I'm going to be vulnerable. And then I have this like inner dialogue and almost immediately with myself that's like, no, you're doing this because being vulnerable and authentic is a value of yours, right? Mm-hmm. So I like had that whole conversation with myself as yeah. you were asking me those questions. And so that's an important thing to, I don't know. No, I still have that resistance, but like talking myself through that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so thanks for giving me that (laughs) opportunity too. Well, until next time. Yeah, thanks. And if you want to book a session to talk about that whole, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, if you want to book a session with her, Mm -hmm. um, get a hold of her. Her IG handle is Navigating North. Yeah, I also, my website is navigatingnorth.net and there is more information in there about me and about my practice and... Hear that? Navigatingnorth.net, people. (laughs) (laughs) I swear I'm going to get better at this. You're doing great. All right, let's end it at that. Thank you. Have a good night.